0: Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to LA King's Road Talk Radio.
1: way to start off the morning, a uh, couple of uh, losing streaks uh, bite the dust, and uh, the Kings uh, snap out of it, get two points that they really need before they go on to Chicago and Winnipeg, so yeah, good start to my Saturday.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Also with us here today, longtime friend of the show, she is the LA Kings recap and queen, I'm talking about my good friend and colleague, Miss Emily Redenbach of Cali Sports News. Emily, how are you today?
3: You know, I'm feeling so good about the win. I think I might do most of this in my Aussie accent just for you guys.
2: I'm sorry, Emily. I could not hear you because of our live studio audience, which has been a welcomed addition to the show since the last time you've been here. So what was that, Em?
3: I was saying that I'm just so excited about uh, the Kings winning in Buffalo for the first time since 2003 that I might actually break out the Aussie accent for most of this.
1: That's fantastic. Oh, we I love like what that. you do, Emily.
2: Yeah. We love. Calm down, Augie. Calm down. Calm down. Yeah. But, okay, that. so, Emily, Emily, we're always Off-y a fan Emily. of the Australian accent. And, uh, and we're also a fan of the Kings Actually winning games, especially winning in Buffalo, New York, and as poor as Buffalo Has been for some time This is the first Kings victory since 2003, and trust Me, I know it, all the times I've won the Buffalo just to see the Kings lose And of course I don't go and they win, maybe The hockey gods are telling me something But we will take it, a much needed Two points, Augie, I just Want to ask you, what is it about playing In Buffalo, New York, that uh, Usually hurts the Kings, uh, well until
1: today, uh, it's Buffalo. It's depressing. I mean, what? I mean, what more do you? What, that's, you're talking about a team that's in Southern California has Manhattan Beach, has uh, Hermosa Beach, and and there they are. What they see out there, the closest thing to the beach is Niagara Falls. They're in Buffalo, so yeah. I mean, it's uh, they, they just happen to uh, not do well over there for whatever reason. However. I do have a reason for why the streak has finally been broken. A verified reason. Here's what it is. Here it is. Two words. Jordan Nolan. Since the Sabres have acquired or rather claimed Jordan Nolan after he was obeyed by the Los Angeles Kings, the Los Angeles Kings are undefeated against the Buffalo Sabres, beating them on home ice at Staples Center and now breaking the curse of Buffalo, which, incidentally, the last time that the uh, Kings won in Buffalo, Jamie Storr was the winning goaltender. So that gives you an idea of how long that has been going on for. But thanks to Jordan Nolan, wearing the Sabres gear, the Kings are undefeated against the Buffalo Sabres. So I guess You are Jordan totally Nolan right, talking. Sorry, bad.
3: You're saying that Jordan Nolan is so bad that he was completely useless on our team, and now he's gone to the other team that, uh, that he's helping them lose too?
1: No, what I'm saying is that Jordan Nolan is the secret weapon deployed by the Los Angeles Kings in order to break the Sabers curse. So now that the curse is broken, the Sabres can go ahead and cut Nolan. Mission accomplished. The Kings will reclaim him, I hope, just so Jeff Duarte can, <laughs> uh, can lament about how Jordan Nolan does not belong in the NHL at all because that's all I want back in my life is Jordan Nolan in a Kings jersey so so Jeff can just (laughs) go on one of those awesome tirades
2: That's very fair, Augie. That's very fair of you. And since this is a reunion with the legendary Jordan Nolan, we're going to have a little segment on the show, which, which I like to call L.A. King's Legend Jordan Nolan Historical Moments. So here's the first one way back in the day with the legendary Jordan Nolan. Back in 1893, Canadian Governor General Lord Jordan Nolan fell in love with the game of ice hockey and decided to create a Challenge Cup that teams could compete to win. The trophy then went on to become known as the Stanley Cup. And that's another L.A. Kings legend Jordan Nolan historical moment. Emily, do you have any favorite memories of Jordan Nolan in his career or his time with the L.A. Kings? Oh,
3: gosh, that's that's a, a brain twister there. I was never a huge Jordan Nolan fan, but, you know, he was on the team for two Stanley Cups, so those are always good memories.
2: Yeah, True. absolutely, definitely. Yeah. So let's get into this game here that the Kings played against. Nolan, of course, uh, Buffalo. Have no Jack Eichel. He's been injured with a high ankle sprain, but that's okay because they got no one, right? But the Kings actually scored that's the right. first goal of the game, which still feels so weird to me because it has been the complete opposite this season long. I believe, and I could stand corrected, but I believe it was 36 games where the Kings have given up the first goal, which is yep. the most in the NHL this season. Okay. So it is 36 games. Uh, Michael Maddio scored his third of the season, assisted by. The hip check, Scott Cahill's favorite player, maybe of all time, Andy Andrioff, with you, says his sixth of the year. <laughs> I like to call him Andy Adam Oates Andrioff because of the great playmaking skills he's been showing for at least the last couple of games. Um, Andrioff went for the pass. It deflected off the Sabers' leg. Amadio picked up the loose puck, just shot it to the net, and it went right in. one nothing, LA Kings. Uh, Augie, do you want to... Your thoughts on, uh, on the goal, w- want to break it down a little bit, how it happened, and uh, the play or the passing plays of Andy
1: andreoff Well, we've been mentioning his name a lot lately in a positive light yes. for once. And, uh, yeah, no, he uh, – and I got to tell you, Andy Andrioff, I like I said, I think Kevin B. Exit just knocked – hit the hockey switch in him because ever since that <laughs> knockout punch, his play <laughs> – that's <laughs> really improved.
4: That is a true, lot. actually. So
1: thank you, yeah. th- thank you, Kevin BXX for uh, focusing Andy Andrea <laughs> uh No, but real I mean, oh God, I, I love, I, I love it. Uh, no, going back to it, uh, he's actually shown some uh, restraints on the ice too, because there was actually there was an earlier play before that where he got into it, where he got uh, taken down and drew a penalty, uh, and was about to go. Uh, do the Andy, uh, Andy blockhead off, uh, already has the penalty, about to go drop the gloves and get himself in the box and realize, oh wait, the rep called it he restrained himself. He showed self-control. And I think that's been really what it is, is that he's, he's um, thinking now before acting. And uh, finally. his decision making has improved. Yeah, exactly. Finally, yes. his decision making has improved because I've seen him practice a lot. And in practice, he, he looks... He looks fine. I mean, he he, he looks good, and uh, I and I always say to myself. then when he's put in an NHL game situation, it's fifty-fifty. I mean, who are we going to get? Are we going to get an NHL caliber player, or are we going to get the actor that shows up on the LA Kings practice ice? Uh, so right. it's been uh, it, it's been good as far as his decision making, and uh, he's executing uh, and doing. He's playing an average game, and that's all that that's all the Kings expect of him, and he's. Uh, He's producing in a positive light for once.
2: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Emily, your thoughts on the recent play? I know you're not the biggest Andy Andrews fan, uh, but your opinion on the way that he's been playing at least lately and as well as Mike Amadio, who uh, scored that goal but also scored another one later in the game. So you're
3: right. I'm not a huge Andrea fan and it's for exactly the same reasons
2: that Augie was talking
3: about. It's because he's a hothead on the ice and he's trying to prove himself by picking fights and being a player that we don't need rather than making good passes. Um, and that's what he did. He's been doing lately and particularly in this game, he set up Amadio for that first goal and that was huge for the LA Kings to, to, to get a first goal. You're right. It is so rare. Uh, so I'm thrilled to see that he's living up to the potential that the Kings organization seems to think that he has and I was going to mention that that same incident where he's starting to get angry and he looked and he saw that he had drawn a penalty and, and instead of being the hothead he did the right thing and you know maybe the Kings didn't do anything uh with that power play there but I was so so happy to see him calm down and make the smart hockey choice. So I'm, I'm thrilled that he's doing that. I, I'm liking our lines right now. Um, and Amadio was great. I really wanted him to get the hat trick by the end of that. I, I like Amadio. Um, I'm a little surprised he hadn't gone up before now, but I think he's making, he's making good choices. And with Lewis out of the lineup, we, we need a solid third and fourth line guy. And I think those two are doing really well.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm also a big fan of Mike Amadio. Happy to see him one in the lineup, hub two, uh being productive by uh by putting the puck in the net. We know he can do it. He's just adjusting to the NHL level and it seems like he's starting to get really, really comfortable, which is only great news for the Kings. And great points guys about Andy Andrew, because it's true sometimes he can be a blockhead. And he did he's been showing some maturity or experience uh in his in his hockey uh play in his hockey IQ by not just dropping the gloves and going to a fight letting uh, the other team get a penalty on them so the kings can then go, go on the power play where Andrew would never do that before and just the fact- that he's making some really nice passes, like some are like really really sweet. Uh, this one today was deflected off the leg of the defenseman, but there's been some other ones that are really nice. And it's good to see him progress from where he was before. And I know we brought up in the show, I you know you've talked about it a lot. It could be also because he fears for his job, uh, because like once Jeff Carter and Trevor Lewis come back. Uh, from their injuries, well, that's two roster spots that two players are going to lose, and Andrioff is trying to fight for a spot there, and it's going to be t- uh, tough to uh, to keep a spot, but if he keeps playing like this, well, you never know, maybe Stevens will give him a chance. So anyways, the Kings finished the period with a one nothing lead and outshot the Buffalo Sabres to 19-8. Which, uh, in one hand, that's great Shows that the Kings really had their foot on the gas And were taking it to the Sabres, as they should As the Sabres are one of the worst teams in the NHL I think they're second last in the East Or are they last in the East? They are last in the East Ottawa's second last Ottawa led, of course, by Marion Uh But only one goal to show for it Augie, did you have any fears that the Kings were going to struggle uh, With scoring goals after getting 19 shots And only one goal in the first period?
1: Uh no because I thought that they were getting uh quality scoring chances and they weren't uh I mean they they learned to the test pretty early uh and uh they were they, they were doing well I mean it was they were playing their game they were executing and uh I was thinking to myself okay it's just a matter of time before the uh before the work produces results unless learner just he would have to play the game of his life in order to keep uh, the kings off the board uh and keep them from expanding that lead
2: yeah most definitely and uh, luckily, the Kings were able to add some uh, some more goals to the tally in the second period at 1202. Captain Andre Kopitar with a beautiful hashtag vintage Deke on goalie Robin Lehner uh, from a 2 1 after a great setup pass by Captain Dustin Brown. Yes, I still say Captain. To make it 2 0 LA Kings. It was Kopitar's 24th goal of the season, Dustin Brown's 25th assist. Uh, shortly after, about five minutes and later at 16.06, Andre Kopitar with another one, his second of the game, 25th of the season, Uh, newly acquired Dion Fanova on defense, cleared the defensive zone by poking the puck out of the zone to Dustin Brown, Brown dumped the puck behind the net, aka Jordan Nolan's office, where Alex Ayafalo picked it up and (laughs) set up Kopitar for a beautiful one-timer to make it 3-0 Three nothing, Ellie Kings. It was Dustin Brown's second assist of the game. is twenty-six, and Iol follows fourteenth. Emily, uh, your thoughts on the Kings' two goals by the captain, Anjay Kopitar?
3: I love how fast they were. Uh, in, in rapid succession, the Kings said, "Nope, this is our game." And sorry, Buffalo, but we're taking this one away. I love that it had a lot to do with Dustin Brown. Uh, that whole line was beautiful tonight. Brown, Kopi, and Iol follow. It's been so nice. You you know I've said it before. I'm such a huge fan of their resurgence this season. Um, That was some beautiful play by Andre Kopitar, and it's the kind of thing I've been missing in in the last, maybe, losing streak. Uh, So seeing them come back and really hit their stride, and again, you know, it's Buffalo, so they're, they're not the greatest team, but to see Kofi maybe get some confidence back and be like, oh, yeah, I am a good hockey player. That's going to be nice to see going into the next two games, which are going to be a little more difficult. I know Chicago is, is struggling, but we're going to need guys like Kofi and Brown to be on top of their game uh, to, to get us through the rest of the stretch, especially if, if Lewis is going to be out a little bit longer. Carter may be coming back, but that line needs to be solid, and it really was tonight. They definitely pulled through.
2: Absolutely. They were they were fantastic. And anyways, Alex I have followed set a pass. You know, I mentioned that was Jordan Nolan's office. Of course, Nolan a very well known for playing behind the net and setting up plays, controlling the offense from behind the net. That's why it's called Jordan <laughs> Nolan. Office. So we're gonna have another <laughs> LA Kings legend, Jordan Nolan. Historical moments. We're back in April 23rd. I know you guys remember this one. In 1964, in the Stanley Cup <laughs> final against the Gordie Howell led Detroit Red Wings, Jordan Nolan broke his leg while blocking a shot. Refusing to go to the hospital because his team needed him and history needed to be made, he returned to the game broken leg and all, scored in overtime to lead the Toronto Maple Leafs over the Gordie Howe led Detroit Red Wings to win the Stanley Cup. Absolutely. And that's why he's a legend, everyone. No. Nolan's cast from his broken leg is now bronze in stone and displayed at the Hockey Hall of Fame, and that was another LA Kings legend Jordan Nolan historical moment. Back to the game. 3 nothing <laughs> LA Kings Kings. <laughs> Sorry, At 1735, Mike Amadio, Mike Amadio strikes again with a second of the game. Every time I say Amadio, guys, sorry, my, uh, my teenage years kind of come back a bit because I think of the Nintendo 64, I'm going to be showing my age, and I think of Mario 64, Super Mario 64, where, of course, the legendary... Uh, Super Mario always goes, it's-a-me, Amadio. So every time I, I hear Amadio, I think of it's-a-me, Amadio. So my apologies. Sometimes that comes <laughs> out, but not purposely. Mike Amadio with his second of the game, his fourth, rifling the puck with a wrister after fooling the Buffalo Sabres D-man with what I call a little dipsy doodle. Uh, I know that's not the official name. Johnny Brodzinski with a sweet pass, his first assist of the season. Dowdy with his 33rd 4 nothing. LA Kings. Em, your thought on uh, Amadio's second goal?
3: Uh, I actually want to focus on Brodzinski for that goal because he made so many plays uh, that allowed Amadio to have that goal. Even his first goal, that uh, zone entry started with Brodzinski. So that line itself is working really well, and that's what I'm really liking about the Kings this season is maybe there aren't uh, for those, For those uh, kind of third and fourth lines. They're not breakout players, but they do things really well together. They all have their skill set, and it's setting up some great plays and some great passes, and I I love that Amadio is the guy that can finish that off. It was great to see. I'm just so excited that the Kings know how to score goals again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. Um, Augie. I just wanted to ask you that beautiful pass by Johnny Brzezinski, Uh Did it stir up any memories uh, to you? Someone who's watched hockey, uh, you know, as long as I have. We've seen a lot of great uh, players with chemistry play together, and obviously Amadio Brodzinski played on the Ontario Reign, and they have chemistry from there, bringing it to the LA Kings, playing together with the Kings. Did it remind you at all of, say, uh, Jordan Nolan with Yari Curry back in the day or back when Nolan used to play with Yarmar Yager in Pittsburgh?
1: I tell you, you know, those are uh, uh, I it actually brought back the days of uh Jordan Nolan and Timu Solani. That that's what it oh, up for nice. me right there. Yeah. See how nice. that's, see yes. did there? Yeah. That, that's what I that's what I looked at right there and just was wow. Yeah, totally floored blown away. And then that dangle, that dangle, very Jordan Nolan esque dangle by my by my yep. video there. So uh yeah, that's uh that was something. Very uh it gave me goosebumps.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's so many memories of that legendary career. It's hard to remember everyone he's played with and all the great plays that he's done. And, of course, I'm speaking of uh, legendary Jordan Nolan. On the line, he, he is the grand poobah of Ellie King's Road Talk Radio. He also has a gig tonight with his band, the Higher Gun Trio. Of course, I mean, Hip Check, Scott Cahill. Hip, how are you today?
4: Hey, guys, how are you tonight? Or, or today, I'm sorry. I'm so uh, used to a night show. The, uh, the matinee <laughs> has my time frame all messed up. You're not are
3: good, yeah. The broadcasters didn't know when it was either.
2: Exactly. The Nolan <laughs> matinee, it gets us every time, Hip.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. So, anyways, uh, before I get to the game, I just uh you know, we're talking about all those great Jordan-Nolan memories. And, uh, you <laughs> yes. know, for me, I just remember – being a, you know, being a kid and, uh, me and my dad, uh, you know, watching games on channel nine and seeing norden uh, Nolan as part of the amazing triple crown crown line. Uh, you know, of yes. course, uh, Deion, Taylor, Nolan. And then, uh, later, of course, when he was, uh, his short-lived stint as a Philadelphia flyer, there playing on, uh, the crazy eights line there with, uh, Lindros, John LeClair, Jordan Nolan. I mean, uh, the uh, the wrecking ball that that line uh, waged through the Eastern Conference, uh, a, a legendary career, uh, uh, almost a, a larger than life figure, if you will, in the NHL world, and yep. uh, uh, our for sure. our hats and and our memories uh, of Jordan Nolan will last a lunchtime.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lunchtime for sure. A lunchtime for sure. Tip, your thoughts on the game? What did you see? What did you think? Uh, you know what, it's uh,
4: obviously I'm elated with the win and finally getting back in the win column and getting a big two points, and there were some good things out there, but I'll be honest, I am st- I mean, there was just a couple plays out there that if, if it was a better NHL team, they, they probably would have capitalized, you know, I thought, uh, just to give you an example of that, you know, Muzzin, Muzzin didn't have a real solid game, a couple plays they could have made there that that, you know, just, there's just some plays there that, I mean, once again, I'm happy as hell with the win, but, like I say, if you're playing, if, you know, you make that mistake against Winnipeg uh, next week, chances are it's going to end up being a scoring champ, so, uh, I don't, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> playing the, you know, one of the worst teams in the league without their best player can, you know, remedy a lot of uh, issues, but, uh, I don't think we're, uh, we're we're where we need to be yet. That said, uh, I I I love I love I mean, what can you say? He's just a solidifying figure there on the back end. Uh, this game, more so, I noticed uh, when I was watching him is just his confidence that he has when the when he has the puck on his stick. He's not kind of a nervous Nelly kind of like you see with Forbert. He's got the confidence in his puck control where he. You know, he's, he'll just take it around the own net. If they're pressuring him, it doesn't matter. He can, you know, he just has the confidence where uh, I just think it's, once again, he's clearly a top-four defenseman. And uh, and just his play today, once again, I I thought uh, he was super, super solid. And at 32, once again, is he in the, the twilight of his career? Absolutely. But it wasn't really like. Regeer or Green when they were at the end of their careers, and you could kind of see, you could kind of see the mileage and the toll that was on them. To me, I mean, he still likes a, still looks like an NHL uh, top four guy. And I'll go ahead and let you guys respond. Emily, your thoughts.
3: I uh, completely agree. I didn't get a chance to watch last game, uh, his first game with the Kings, but they were showing some highlights and, and what he was doing against Sidney Crosby, and you, you know how I feel about Crosby. Uh, it was great, and the Kings have been desperately needing someone else on defense. Uh, their bottom two just haven't been cutting it, and you can't have a team that's basically just Dowdy and Martinez and occasionally Muzzin. So I, I, I like that we got someone to boost to that, that defense I have no problem giving up Gabrick or Shaw for him uh, I I think it's a, a great trade I think it's a necessary one we've been talking about getting for, for, for a long time so to, to have him here for the last part I think we probably could have used him a little bit earlier actually considering how some of our games have gone but hopefully in, in this last stretch he'll be the missing piece we need um, to be able to to keep you know the penalty kills have been sliding a little bit lately, so to have a guy on defense that can come up and help shore that up um I think it's i I'm coming down on on the side of the trade
4: i i I agree I like it
2: he have what do you think of the play of uh, Andy Anddrioff today
4: yeah you know i I tweeted about this, and he has more points in February than tanner pearson does i mean let let that sink in for a little bit. You know, Tyler Toffoli is uh, matching the uh, you know beating actually the point output of Tanner Pearson, which uh, I think speaks volumes not only of the play of Andra, but once again the uh, reduced play that you could say of Pearson, which has got to be a little bit concerning, uh, really, when we look at the, at the big picture. And I don't know what he's been doing or who he's been working with, but there's a playmaking side that Andreoff is doing right now. That is, I don't know. Fascinating might be uh, the wrong choice of words, but I don't uh-huh. know what he's doing, but whatever he's doing, I hope uh, he does more of it. And other uh, players on the team uh, actually take note because uh, this has been a stretch of games, literally where there's been one or two just fantastic decisions he's made with the puck and just a, uh, an ability to put the put the puck on the stick of his teammate that you just you just don't normally associate with a fourth line guy, much less uh, one as uh, maligned as Andy Andreoff.
2: Right. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, well, uh, he's definitely been showing a better side uh, to his game. Hip, do you think he stays on the roster when Jeff Carter and Trevor Lewis come back?
4: God, you know, it's it's a great point and it's gonna be a tough decision because with the acquisition of Nate Thompson, uh with Lewis going to be back, with uh Tory Mitchell, I mean we got just a real glut on uh on the bottom you know, on the bottom six. So it's uh it, it's gonna be a tough call, it really is. I mean he's been he's been playing really, really well. And uh, let's be honest too, uh Amadio and Brzezinski. Once again, they're giving the team a different dimension and a better dimension that you just didn't see when they weren't, you know, in the lineup. So it's going to be very, very difficult. My gut says that one player is probably going to be moved because there's going to be guys that you can't really necessarily send down to Ontario. And as we approach the season stretch, I mean, we talked about it how the value of young legs and fresh legs and energy It is a younger man's game, and so really I would not be surprised if, and we talked about this the other day, uh, you know, uh, Nate Thompson, Torrey Mitchell, uh, Kyle Clifford. I think one of those three guys is probably going to be moved just because, once again, you have so many guys on a bottom six. And uh, I think Augie talked about it the other night, Kyle Clifford, we love what he brings to the team. We love his workmanlike effort. We love he's not afraid to drop the gloves, but really, at the end of the day, he is a guy that has Stanley Cup rings. He is a guy that has a lot of experience that might bring something back uh, in in the trade market for somebody maybe looking to toughen up their bottom six, particularly uh in the, you know for an Eastern conference team. I mean God forbid you don't want to see Kyle Clifford be uh moved to the Sharks or somebody that we're gonna to have to face uh, again later mm-hmm. in the year. But yeah, yeah that's right. I mean that's a, a shudder uh, <laughs> down the spine just back. to think of that but <laughs> <laughs> you got it. by the way Emily it's 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 nice to finally talk with you. I really enjoy all your work you do <laughs> with the Kings and uh now that I get to Thank hear you. your lovely accent I I want you to record my outgoing voicemail message at some point if you can. Can you do that for me?
3: Uh, you're actually the fifth person in the past week and a half that's asked me to do that. I am happy to. Yeah,
4: we can set up a side gig for you on Fiverr.
3: Uh, yes, I take uh, in the form of shoes payments. That works for me. <laughs>
4: Love it, love it. Hey, anyways, guys, <laughs> uh, I'm out and about. Uh, I got to get all my equipment and stuff ready for tonight's show. Once again, we're playing at the the Rib Joint in Dana Point for you Orange County folks and uh, San Diego County folks. Even uh, if you're in LA County, and now that the Kings game is done, want to come and listen to some good rockabilly music and uh, have some barbecue. It's going to be a good evening. We're expecting a pretty good crowd, and uh, I've. We'll be talking uh, again uh, as the Kings play again next week. Uh, Two games left on the series. You hope, uh, geez, if the Kings can get a win in Chicago and then maybe by the grace of God just get Winnipeg into overtime, then by all means you just got to uh, overall think in the big picture it's probably a successful road trip.
2: Yeah, it would be Uh, if it ended uh, like that, most definitely, Hip. And uh, best of luck tonight. Kick some ass on stage, Hip. Yeah. You know yes. I will, and I'll tell. Yeah, thank you guys. I'll tell you what.
4: I'll see if I can even do a little bit of uh, Facebook live action, so you guys can maybe get a taste ah. of, uh, of our music. All right. Nice. That would yes. be, <laughs> That would
1: be really okay. good. And just remember, folks, for those of you for those of you groupies out there, they're looking for a band to latch on to. Hired Grunt Trio. Check them out. There's four of them, <laughs> but there's a reason why they're called a trio. So go find out. Tell us all about it. <laughs>
4: All right. You guys keep on keeping on, go Kings, enjoy the rest of the show.
2: Thanks, yeah. You too. Go Kings go and good luck. Alright.
4: Go Kings go. Yeah. All right indeed. Bye guy. So can All right. I speak up
3: on
4: something that he was talking football.
3: about? Go ahead, huh? So he he had mentioned uh to Foley and Pearson and something that's something that I was noticing, particularly this game. Is anyone else really concerned that they're slumped? is not getting any better. These are the guys where I thought one, two years ago, whenever their contracts were up for renewal, I said, like, yes, we're getting Toffoli and Pearson back, and they have completely disappeared into the woodwork. Can we even call that the second line, if that's the point totals that they're bringing? I don't really see anything that they're bringing to the table right now.
1: Augie, uh, to
2: follow that up? Yeah,
1: you know, I here's my thing. I was really watching Pearson today. And Pearson actually played a really good game out there. He had a couple of good scoring chances. Uh, he ended up uh, like one on one on three in one effort and uh, tried to get a backhander, try to sneak a backhander past Lerner and Lerner squared up and made a save. But uh, his effort is definitely there. Uh, it just seems to me that the decline has been uh, coincided with the loss of Jeff Carter and the inconsistency there at center because uh I mean, when you put them when you put him with Kempe, uh, the issue with Kempe is he's not very strong in the faceoff circle, and it's very hard to right. score when you don't when you don't win the puck back. Uh, so you've got so you had that happening right there, and it's just a combination of of all these of all these little things that make this issue come to light. Uh, it's really what it comes down to for these guys is. Remember the NHL season; it's a marathon, not a sprint. And we have seen last season we saw Tyler Toffoli uh, disappear a little bit. Some people thought, "Oh, it's the pressure of his contract season." Okay, Uh, and he got he he made a hometown he gave a hometown discount to the point we could keep both of these guys. I I reserve judgment, and I want to see how it is they respond when they get Jeff Carter back, or if they're able to form some kind of chemistry. Somebody other than Carter. I mean, it would be it would actually be interesting to see if uh, if they were what they would do with Anja Kopitar in the middle. But then again, you're tinkering with them, and the inconsistency yes. of of playing with their with their centermen, and that's something that you that, that you're trying to avoid here. So hopefully uh, they get it squared away and and things uh, come into a better light for these guys. Because uh, I'd rather have them go through this dormant period now and get hot. Uh, in the last month, as we as we go through this playoff push, well, I
3: think you're right. Jeff Carter has a big deal to do with that, and it's just concerning to me that you take him out of the equation and they've dipped so far. They should still be able to uh, put up better numbers than they're doing, even without you know Papa Bear there. Uh, I'd I'd like to see them come back. I really like them as players, and I just I didn't see a whole lot from them in the last few weeks. So. It'd be nice to see them maybe start coming back before Carter. But if it takes Carter coming back, then you know maybe the timing of that would be actually quite nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally.
2: Yeah, def- definitely. My concern, like I agree 100%. My concern with the Foley and Pearson is that it shouldn't have to take a Jeff Carter coming back and be in their center exactly. for these guys to be pr- productive. Uh, offensive members of the LA Kings. I mean, they, they, they have some experience already. They're not the young rookies that they were back in 2014. They've won a Stanley cup. They've had playoff battles. They've been up and down. Pearson had a career year last year to Foley two years ago. And now that, you know, Papa bear, as Emily said, Jeff Carter is out. And these guys really just disappear. Um, and Pearson did have a very good game today, I agree with that as well, but they're not putting up the numbers, and Toffoli is second on the team with 19 goals, but it's, it's like one of the most quietest 19 goals that I've ever seen a player get, and of course his 19th was the other day at that dumpster fire game against Carolina, but yeah, the Kings need these guys to score. You shouldn't have Carter there because Toffoli, uh, you should have Carter there, but they don't have to play good just because Carter's there. Uh, Toffoli was in the top line with Andre Kopitar and Alex Ayafalo for a couple of weeks recently, and he's still going to get out of the slump. So if you can't get out of your slump with uh, a centerman like Andre Kopitar, you know, you can't do it with a Kempe. Like, who else are they going to put in there besides Jeff Carter? Jeff Carter's not going to last forever, you know? Jeff Carter's already in yes, the 30s. is.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. Or strike those words.
2: But, okay, fair enough, Foggy, <laughs> but there's only a few. There's only a few in this world that can really last a super long time at the NHL level. I'm thinking of a Chris Chelios. I'm thinking of a Gordie Howe, and I'm thinking of Jordan Nolan. But Jeff Carter yeah, hopefully will be one of those – One of those legendary players that will have longevity. You know what? But Carter, there's injuries, there's everything. As we're seeing, Carter's only played six games this season. He's been out for pretty much the whole season. And DeFoley and Pearson just can't get it going. And that's a big concern for me because, you know what? It shouldn't have to take just Jeff Carter. So I agree 100%. But just finishing our recap here, in the third period, Buffalo pulled their goalie, replaced him with Chad Johnson. And then uh, Marcos Gandela. Scored 30 seconds into the third period to break Jonathan Quick's shutout bid uh, to make it four to one. Later on, uh, at 16:42, Rasmus Rastelin scored to cut the lead in half, four to two. Uh, the Kings were then scrabbling in your typical uh, LA Kings fashion, uh, but they were able to hold on and win it four to two and get the two points, the much needed two points before going into Chicago. Uh, to play against Chicago. And again, you know, Chicago, they're not having a great season. The salary cap is finally affecting them. But to win it at the United Center against Chicago is tough because they always, always, always show up to play against L.A. And then to play a back-to-back against the red-hot Winnipeg Jets, these two points are so, so important. as Hipchak mentioned earlier. So, uh, Emily, just your overall thoughts on the game and the victory that the Kings had.
3: I thought it probably could have been a little more convincing than it was. When it's four to nothing, you're looking at it thinking, that's fantastic, and then to drop off a little bit in the third period. It's only concerning because we do have the rest of this road trip coming up. I, I'm not saying you have to come out full guns against a, a team like Buffalo, but, but I would have preferred a slightly more convincing win. Uh, I mean, otherwise, I, I think we have some really solid points to build off. It was a nice confidence boost. I mean, if you can't win in Buffalo, then the the next part of this road trip is just definitely not going to go well. (laughs) So it's a great game to snap the streak uh, and hopefully start that uptick. It's it's, it's a good game to get get under our belt, I think. Especially looking at it right here. And uh, Anaheim and uh, the Minnesota Wild are about to go into overtime. So thanks for nothing.
1: Yeah, thanks. Sorry about that Augie Augie any
2: concerns going into Chicago And Winnipeg And by any do I mean do you have many
1: Uh, Chicago They're a They're a dumpster fire Without uh, Corey Crawford apparently And uh, without Scott Darling So uh, they get to suffer that uh, lack of a goaltender That lack of a goaltender issue That we suffered through last year uh, yes. Up until we got quick back, but uh, yeah, that team is definitely suffering. But you know what? They uh, they they show up and they'll be up for the Kings because uh, you've got that that rivalry there. But uh, they're I think at this point they're playing for pride, and a few people are playing for jobs. So it'll it it should be a game, and that that building is never easy to play in. Uh, so, realistically, uh, yeah, they uh, the Kings definitely got to get uh, their two points in Chicago in order to uh, start something good here and, uh, and hopefully get at least three wins on the road trip, because uh, this being their longest road trip of the season, uh, and then set themselves up to uh, all hands on deck against the Winnipeg Jets, because that's going to be a very tough game. Very hard game. But yep. you know what, though? Yep. Jeff, I would be remiss, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention Jordan Nolan's huge influence on the most famous line in the history of the Buffalo Sabres, and that being the French Connection. Oh, how, yes. how, did yes. how, how did we miss that? How did we miss there's,
2: that? There's too many to remember, but it's true. Outside of Buffalo's arena, there is a statue of that line, Gilbert Perrault, Rick Martin, and Jordan Nolan, you know, immortalized forever outside of the Buffalo Arena. I I always call it the first Niagara Center. I can't even remember what they call it now. Originally the HSBC Arena. But, yes, the French Connection Line uh, Gilbert Perot, Rick Martin, Jordan Nolan, uh, forever outside the doors in Buffalo. There's just so many great moments, historical moments of Jordan Nolan. It's, it really is difficult to remember them all, but I got one right here, mm-hmm. right here. Another LA Kings legend, Jordan Nolan historical moment. And I'm sure all you guys remember this one like it was yesterday. Back on March 17, 1955, Ellie, King's legend Jordan Nolan was suspended by NHL (gasps) president Clarence Campbell for attacking a referee. The suspension prevented Nolan from winning his first ever Art Ross trophy, which was then won by his teammate, Bernie Boom Boom Jeffrion. And it would have been his first of many Art Ross trophies, angered. At the NHL's decision at suspending Nolan, the citizens of Montreal then rioted in the streets. And after hours and hours of severe looting and setting fires, the riot ended up costing a hundred thousand dollars in damage, was which was a super amount of money back in 1955. So the life lesson there is never suspend a superstar, especially a legendary one like Jordan Nolan. And that was another Ellie King's legend, Jordan Nolan, historical moment. You guys wanna do the three stars of the game? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Uh Augie, you're gonna go with your pick for the third star of the game.
1: Well, uh I I have to disqualify Jordan Nolan from this because uh he would have gotten all three stars. He would have gotten all three stars if it was if it was up to me. So I I do have to I do have to put that prejudice aside. Uh, so, no, my third start of the game would be, one, Alex Ayafalo. Now, did he get up on the nice. score sheet, per se? Did he, did he pop in a goal? No, he did not. However, in the last three minutes of the game, the, uh, the Sabres were swarming, and they, pulled the, they, they tried to set themselves up to pull a goalie, and then uh, Quick's mask fell off very conveniently, thank goodness. And so then we had a, a neutral zone faceoff, won by, uh, won by the Kings, controlled, and the uh, that kept uh, Buffalo's uh, goalie in net. And then what Ayafalo did there, he must have killed off anywhere from 25 to 40 seconds by pressuring the Buffalo defender who was trying to bring the puck up the ice. And Ayafalo just kept buzzing around, buzzing around, and the goalie couldn't get out of the crease, and the the Sabers couldn't break out. So that uh, Alex follow just quietly off of the sheets, just his hustle, his tenacity. Setting up uh, his team for success and eventually preserving a four-two LA Kings win.
2: Absolutely, I follow with the assist setting up Andre Kopitar uh, for a second goal. Of course, as we mentioned earlier in the show, I follow did the pass from behind the net, aka Jordan Nolan's office. And uh, I constantly get tweets, messages, you know, Facebook posts on people complaining. Uh, yeah, Kings fan. A lot of Kings fans complained about follow being on the top line for the entire season. Iakhnovsky, after this game, had six goals, 14 assists, and 20 points, and is a plus six. But as we've mentioned many times on the show, uh, what Iakhnovsky provides uh, and gives to this team, you know, you can't really quantify it with a stat. Like there's so much things that he does. So Emily, I'm really interested in hearing your thoughts and opinions on. Alex Ayafalo, what he brings to the team, and him pretty much being on the top line for the entire season.
3: I have no problem with Ayafalo being on the top line. I think he fills it out quite nicely. Uh, I think you've you've got two superstars on that line. You've got Brown and Kopata, who I said before, are experiencing that resurgence. And they just need someone who can read their plays really well, who can get them the puck, who can make those tiny little those those moves and have the foresight to be in the right place and I think I follow does that really well he's incredibly fast which I think is is important so I think he's a perfect addition to that line I was very impressed with him tonight I was really happy to see him come back to his hometown and and make a difference yeah you're you're right he didn't get the goals but it to me he's a little bit like Trevor Lewis in the sense that maybe that's not going to be especially with his line mates. That's not going to be his, his huge contribution, but he does everything
2: else right. I was very impressed. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. All right, Ab, it's also uh, your turn now to name the second star of the game.
3: Uh, I went for Amadio. It's, it's three goals, so close to a hat-trick, and for such a young guy to be able to do that. Uh, to come in and really make a difference. I love that whole line, but he was the one that, that got them home and got us on the board, so thank you for that, Amadio. Uh, yeah, great game from him tonight, really good game.
2: And Mike Amadio, of course, scoring two goals today, plus two, three shots a net, eleven in just 11 minutes and 16 seconds of ice time, um... Just playing fantastic and finally getting into his groove, as we mentioned earlier, at the NHL level. Mike Amadio, our second star of the game, which, of course, brings us to the number one star of the game, which will be... Jordan Nolan! What? How did this happen no one was just banned from being one of the three stars but when you're a legend Right, Jordan Nolan, you just find ways to win Because that's what the legends do They find ways to win Jordan Nolan, the number one star But we're going to give an honorable mention To the captain, Andre Kopitar Who also scored two goals today Had four shots in net 22 minutes, 39 seconds of ice That was 52% in the face-off circle As Emily mentioned, him as well as Dustin Brown Another honorable mention Having a resurgence this year Kopitar, of course, leads the team with 25 goals uh, 63 points It is a plus 18 Definitely should be a contender For the Selkie uh, Trophy But I want to mention When it comes to the Selkie Trophy Dustin Brown actually leads the team In a plus 24 Which is absolutely amazing Uh, But Andre Kopitar Honorable mention As the first star of the game And speaking of Jordan Nolan It is time for another L.A. King's legend, Jordan Nolan historical moment. Since it is the Olympics, let's remember the greatest moment in Olympic history. On February 22nd, 1980, during the Lake Placid, New York, Winter Olympics, in the semifinal game between Team USA, who were a bunch of amateurs, against the mighty Soviet Union, who were professionals, Nolan scored... At 8.39 of the third period against the Soviets to tie the game 3-3, and then he created a miracle by scoring the winning goal a few shifts later, and the U.S. team was able to hold and defeat and eliminate the favorites of the tournament, the Soviets by winning 4-3, to three, the U.S. team with Jordan Nolan then went on to win the Olympic gold medal after defeating Finland, making this forever known as the Miracle on Ice. LA Kings legend Jordan wow. Nolan, historical moment, probably the greatest of all time, maybe, arguably. Sylvester Stallone, fun fact, Sylvester Stallone did, was inspired by Nolan's heroics, at the Olympics and portrayed him in the hit film Rocky IV, where Jordan Nolan, against all odds, played by Sylvester Stallone, directed by Sylvester Stallone, defeated Soviet fighter Ivan Drago in a boxing match, avenging the death of one of the greatest champs of, of all time, Apollo Creed, in Moscow, having the Moscow people cheering the people. This is a true story. Defeating him and then delivering a speech that if he can change, and you guys can change, then we all can change. We all Can change. This, along with the miracle on ice, are what historians today agree is the true reason why communism failed and fell apart in the late 1980s and early 1990s. And that was another LA Kings legend, Jordan Nolan, historical moment. Number one star
1: of the game. Beautiful. Uh, Great memories. Yeah, that's amazing. Great memories. Amazing. Amazing.
2: Calling. From the four four zero area code, you are on LA Kings Road Talk Radio. Sorry for making you wait.
0: Oh, not a problem. Not a problem. I enjoy listening to you guys. Uh, How you doing, Jerry? It was a good game. I'm doing. I'm doing okay. Um, it was a good game. I like Emily would have liked it to have been a little more convincing. That you know, the first goal, thirty seconds into the third, was was one thing. The second one was kind of was kind of troubling, just that, just that they managed to give it up. Um, but Amadio um, had a hell of a game, and it was nice to see Kopi uh, have a, a double goal game. So yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed definitely. that part of
2: it. I know Emily mentioned earlier that. Uh... You know, the resurgence of Kopitar this year is has given him the confidence again after a horrible season last year, the worst of his career, in my opinion. But get, regaining that confidence this year that, hey, I'm a really good player. And uh, I want to add to that, and the fact that Kopitar scored two goals is also a reminder to his confidence that he's also a really good goal scorer. Like, he can be a great oh, yeah. goal scorer. And I'm a... I'm 100% convinced that if Kopitar wasn't the defensive forward type of player, which he naturally is, and he's great at it, a former uh, Selkie Trophy winner, um, he could score 50 goals in this league if he fully focused on just being a
0: sniper. Do you agree, Jerry? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, if he wasn't the two-way player that he is, he could, he could totally be one of the top snipers in the league. But Yeah, I
2: think so. You know, Augie, your thoughts on that, on Kopitar's game, and if what if he was able to drop the defensive part of his game, which we don't want because he's one of the best, but uh, how do you think he would do offensively if he didn't have that part of his game to play?
1: Well, I mean, here's the way I just look at it in regards to that. Uh, I mean, Kopitar is a two-way player, so I don't think he ever – I don't think he could ever sacrifice uh, the defense part of it because I think that feeds the offensive part of his game because no one can just sit back on him. I mean, he he forces things. He forces turnovers. He forces chances. And if he were to try to become just like a one-way player, I actually think he would be a detriment.
2: So he won't be the LA Kings version of Yarmar Yager in his prime. Is that what you're saying?
1: Exactly.
2: Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Jerry, I just want to quickly ask you, before we get more thoughts uh, from you on the game, uh, you know, the Kings playing in Buffalo, of course, was a reunion with the legendary Jordan Nolan. Uh, Do you have any favorite Jordan Nolan memories you want to share? Like, what's your favorite?
0: When he left.
2: (laughs) The most honest answer I think I've ever heard in my life. Brilliant, sir. Uh, brilliant uh jerry your thoughts on uh jonathan quick's play today and as of late
0: oh man he he looked great at times but you know there's just i don't know there still seems to be something just a hair off with him I, i i can't put my finger on it but um you know, it was nice to see him pick up the win, which should boost his confidence, but it just – I'm not quite back there with him yet. I don't i don't know what it is, and I don't know what it is. is. That, that's the thing that bothers me about it. I don't – I can't put my finger on it.
2: Yeah, there's definitely something off. Uh, quick today, though, was very good. Uh, he was actually great uh, before, you know, some moments were a bit shaky, but you're always going to get that with Jonathan Quick. Uh, of course, you know, the third period, two goals were finally scored against him, uh, breaking that shutout bid. But Quick did make 33 saves out of 35 shots, getting the victory at 943 save percentage. I thought Quick was also very good in the Pittsburgh game. Unfortunately, the Kings couldn't score, couldn't pull out a victory or at least a point in that game. I thought Quick was also very good against Tampa Bay. Uh, not saying that Darcy Kemper wasn't great. I mean, I don't think, I mean, some of those goals on Kemper against Campbell Bay, the three goals that went in, I mean, one was like bad luck. Um, you know, they weren't really his fault. That's pretty much what I'm saying. But Quick went in there. The only goal against Quick was uh, when Tampa Bay was on the power play, so a man disadvantage. But overall, Quick played very strongly. Uh, nobody played great against Carolina. Quick was horrible, but Kemper was horrible. The whole team in front of them was horrible. They could not beat Carolina in puck possession, and hustling, and shots, and scoring, and checkers, and making toast. I mean, Carolina was great <laughs> in everything in, in in that game. Like they, it was just a horrible. Uh, showing by the LA Kings From top to bottom But Emily I want to get your thoughts On Jonathan Quick What do you think is ailing him What's wrong uh, You know your thoughts on him In this game But overall Since this slump started um, You know a while back <laughs> Well, I think the
3: fact that he left with an injury uh, is very telling. We have so many players that are like, no, I'm just going to baffle through. It's exactly what Kopetar did last year, and he saw how well that ended for him. Uh, we have so many players that just want to do so much for the team, and they think that if they go in unhealthy, it's better than having them not in at all. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Kemper has been pretty solid for us, and I don't think we treat him well, as well as we should have yeah quick is always going to be our number one guy, but his his Jedi powers, as we call them, they have been waning as of late uh and I think that's that's detrimental to our team only because we we rely on them so much. so if he wasn't healthy enough to come back, he should have stayed he should have stayed on injured reserve for just a little bit longer and seen what we could have done without him, that being said. Again, I didn't watch the pizza game, but I saw the highlights, and I thought, I think he's coming out of that slump. I think he's made some terrific saves today. Uh, He's definitely on the uptick again, and if that continues to hold, I think the Kings are going to be fine. I, I hope it does. I hope that whatever injury he had been battling is finally out of his system and he's back at 100%. Yep,
2: no doubt. I was actually very surprised that Quick got the start. Um, today, to be honest, because he played in the Pittsburgh game, I thought Kemper for sure was going to go in there. Uh, but no, they, John Stevens decided to go with John the Quick. John the Quick with his 22nd victory of the season, making him 22 and 21 and 2. Um, not the best win loss record that you can get, but to be oh, yeah. fair, winning and losing is a team thing, not just a goaltending thing. Quick now with a 251, goals against average, still has three shots, and his save percentage went up. Back to uh, p- point 920 So, hopefully, this game, the Pittsburgh game, what we saw against Tampa, Emily mentioned, we're seeing him kind of come out of that slump and come back and be the Jonathan Quick that we know and love. Augie I would love to hear your thoughts on Jonathan Quick.
1: Well, uh, essentially, he's uh, he's has a lot more consistent lately, and that's just what it comes down to. The other thing too is. Part of the reason why he got in trouble in Carolina was the Kings were in the penalty box and I mean where they they gave up an ungodly amount of shots on goal as a first period. I think it was like twenty to three after the first period. So uh they, they just it was a whole crap yeah. show. I mean and this is a team there's only so many saves that guy can do. Uh or any goalie for that matter, no matter how great they are. I mean it's a team game. So I, I think that Quickie is uh it's just uh, he's he's being Jonathan Quick, and uh, what we look for in a goalie is consistency, not perfection. And yeah, he's had a few stinkers, but uh, he was uh, he was he was excellent today. So he made a, he made Buffalo in every single goal. There were no soft goals, and that's the other thing too. He has not been giving up soft goals as of late, like uh, like he has right. been uh, previously during the season. And damn it, the Anaheim Ducks just beat the Wild.
0: Eleven uh, rounds. Okay, 11 there eleven
1: rounds in the shootout.
2: There we go. The Anaheim Ducks have defeated the Minnesota Wild. In the shootout, gaining two points, something we did not need for the Kings, which will take us to around the NHL since we're here. The Arizona Coyotes are up one to nothing against the Edmonton Oilers at the end of the first period. Um, Really, both teams just stinking up the NHL this year. So it's a a who cares game. But since Edmonton does have a, a few more points, Maybe the Coyotes can pull this off. Later on tonight, we got the Calgary Flames against the Florida Panthers. We need the Panthers to pull off a clean victory in regulation here against the Flames. We also have the Boston Bruins taking on the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Washington Capitals against Chicago. Of course, Kings are playing Chicago. And next, Ottawa defeated the New York Rangers 6-3. to Not sure if uh, Marion Gabbert got any points in that game. Augie, maybe you could look into that for me, please. Uh, the Leafs against Pittsburgh, Detroit against – thank you, sir – Detroit against Nashville, Washington, and Chicago, and uh, Montreal, and the Vegas Golden Knights, the Pacific Division lead in Vegas Golden Knights. Emily, your thoughts on the expansion team, the Golden Knights, and how well they have played so far this season?
3: I'm completely baffled. It makes absolutely no sense to me. <laughs> I don't understand how this is happening. The Kings should not have to be competing these hard to get in the top three of their division. Uh, it, I just, I'm, I'm floored. I, I get that all of these players want to, you know, kind of get back at their old teams for saying, oh, we, right. don't, we don't want to protect you. But it's just astounding to me how good the Western Conference is in just overall you look at the Central Division, they have five teams who are on pace for a 100-point season, and the Avalanche are on pace for a 99-point season. So if the Kings want to get anywhere near the playoffs, they're not going to do it in a wild-card spot. They need to get in the top three. And if the Vegas Golden Knights, are, I mean, they're taking number one. Like, that's that's happening. Uh, and it, it just is. So they're going to have to be better than the Ducks and the Sharks and the Flames, and I just – it's, it's – Absolutely astounding to me that this is what the season has come down to.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I'm not a big, you know, win-your-division type guy, but I am, like, try to get home ice advantage in the playoffs type, you know. And, of course, if you win your yep. division, that's guaranteed. But it is, it, is, it is so LA Kings that the Kings have only won one division title way back in 1991 when Gretzky, Robitaille, and Blake played, and Vegas in their very first year are going to win the Pacific Division. That's that's just
1: mind-baffling
2: for sure. But, uh, Augie, did you get that update, sir?
1: Yes, I did. Uh, Marion Gabbrook, 16 minutes, 45 seconds of ice time, and a 6-3 Senators win, and Gabo, no goals, no assists, one shot on goal. But on the flip side of that, L.A. Kings legend Nick Shore with time, no goals, no assists, two shots That's on goal for the Ottawa Senators.
2: of boy, Gabrick, of boy, Shore. Uh, Jerry, we're going to have to let you go. We're near the end here, So anything you want to talk about before we let you go?
0: Uh, let's just get the two points against uh, Chicago and, and... You know, and make sure that we're we're taking care of our own house. while you know, while we're out here, that's another team that we have to beat the way they're playing this season.
2: Yep, for sure. Well, Jerry, thank you again for calling in, sir. Go Kings, go.
0: Go Kings, go. Well,
3: you know me. Uh, I always I was, want to beat Jerry, Chicago.
2: Jerry, Adkin. sorry, Emily, what was that?
3: He's saying you know me, I always want to beat Chicago. <laughs> I
2: know, I know. I know. And how is your Chicago-loving best friend?
3: Uh, he actually has a problem with his back and has have to be on medical leave for the last month. So I'm sure that while he's been sitting there at home, the watching Chicago's play without Crawford has not been so fun for him.
2: Oh, oh that's just too bad. That's just too bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What? I have nothing against. Of course, you did work for Kelly Sports News uh, for a tiny little bit. Nice guy, but man, yeah, Chicago fans, Blackhawk fans, you know, they're tough to take. I'm just saying, they're tough to take. Okay, Ab, what do the Kings need to do to beat those Blackhawks when they play?
3: Uh, Remember what this feeling was at the end of this game. Remember how to score those goals and stay out of the penalty box. What you guys were saying about the Carolina game was, was completely true. It's and Chicago is not the team at home where you want to be in the box. So keep those penalties to a minimum. Did we, did we get any this game? I don't think we did. So keep up that. Keep, just keep playing smart, and I think they'll be fine.
2: They did. Were the Kings ever in the PK today? I'm going to have to Maybe look that up. Maybe one. Yeah, it, they were really good. They were disciplined today. So uh, if they did or not, I would have to look up the stats here. But, uh, yeah, they have to be disciplined for sure when they play teams like Chicago and Winnipeg. Augie, your coach, John Stevens, who goes in net, Quick or Kemper against Chicago?
1: Kemper. Uh Kemper quick for and the Qu- – uh, yeah, then Quick against the Jets. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Okay, you agree? You agree? All right. that John Stevens, we know you listen to the show, but will you follow our advice? We have our doubts. You've been giving us some doubts that you will listen to some strong reason here, but we would like to see Kemper play against Chicago at the United Center and then save Jonathan Quick for the Winnipeg Jets. All right, guys, we're at that time now to go. Always a blast talking, Ellie King talking with my good friends, Emily Redback and Augie Loya. Of course, Jerry Cullen in and the Hip Check Scott Cahill as well. He's got his gig tonight, the Hired Gun Trio. Everyone go check him out. And I just want to leave everyone here with one more. One more classic L.A. King's legend, Jordan Nolan historical moment. And this one we all know. We still celebrate. We still talk about it. And it can't even come close to being touched. But on December 30th, 1981, Jordan Nolan scored five goals against the Philadelphia Flyers to score his 50th wow. goal in 39 games, shattering the record held by the legendary Rocky Richard and Mike Bossy, a record that still holds strong today. 50 goals in 39 games. People, that is why Jordan Nolan is the legend that he is. And that was another... LA Kings legend Jordan Nolan historical moment Emily thank you so much for being on the show always a pleasure and an honor to talk hockey with you um, before I let you go anything you want to talk about or bring up
3: uh, I had something that has completely flown out of my head. Um, oh, Nathan McKinnon is back for the avalanche. So that team is also going to be experiencing a resurgence. Uh, they missed him a little bit while he was gone, but he's uh, easily in contention for one of the, the best scorers
2: this this, skate,
3: this uh, season. So so watch out for them.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, Nathan McKinnon, Uh, Depending probably where Colorado falls, if they make the playoffs, he could be a strong candidate for the Hart Trophy, possibly. Uh, There's a few candidates this year, but McKinnon definitely having his best uh, season so far in the NHL. But Colorado right now out of a playoff spot with 66 points, but of course the battle's not done. They have been playing very well as of late. Emily, where can everyone find you on social media?
0: Uh,
3: I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram at Aussie Emily, A-U-S-S-I-E-M-I-L-Y. Oh, gosh, I've had to be Australian for the last hour. It's been exhausting.
2: And 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 we love you for it. Thank you so much for doing that. And being on the show, Emily, of course, of Cali Sports News. Check her out on Twitter. Check out at Cali Sports News, com. She does all the LA Kings home recap games with her vlog, with her articles. Check it out. She is the best, in my opinion. And, no, I'm not biased at all. Emily, thank you so much. Go, Kings, go.
3: Thanks, Jeff. Always good to talk to you guys. Go, Kings, go.
2: All right. Augie, sir, before we uh, end the show here, anything you want to talk about and bring up?
1: Uh, It's going to be a dogfight all the way to the end for this uh, either wild card or uh, top top two, top third spots in the Pacific. Because uh, as of right now, uh, San Jose, 70 points in second place. Anaheim, 69 points in third place. Our beloved LA Kings, 67 points. I uh, is outside outside looking in uh, Calgary 68 points outside looking in and Minnesota wilds with 69 points holding down that last wild card spot. So, and then we got Colorado nipping at our heels with sixty-six points after that uh, Chicago, Edmonton, Vancouver, Arizona, get the golf uh, clubs out, get the golf bags primed because your off season starts in April. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be a real fight uh, to the end here for, uh, to see who goes here in the Western Conference, uh, barring any co- major collapse by anybody, uh, it's going to come down to the very to, to the last week of the season, so probably to the last game of the season.
2: Yeah, it's definitely going to be a dogfight, Augie. I mean, like my stress levels is already starting to uh, pump really high here, and it's only going to get worse uh, as we uh, go to the finish of the regular season. And if the Kings want to get in there, they have no choice but to keep collecting points from everywhere in any way that they can or uh, it, it won't be it won't be a good season for any of us and it's going to be a long crappy summer uh hockey thank you again as always for being on the show co-hosting with me here dude you know how much i love talking hockey with you
1: likewise my friend
2: All right, Augie, have yourself a good night. Thank you again. Go, Kings, go. And everyone else, have yourselves a good night. The Kings win it 4-2 against Buffalo. Chicago's up next. And, of course, with a victory, and it being Saturday, the Nolan Matinee. It's going to be a Sammy Hagar weekend. Go, Kings, go, everyone. Good night. Good day.
1: Some beer, smoke some pot, smoke some coke, and then drive.